0: Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophets Speak. This is Saul Weinreb, the host of the podcast, and today we are studying Jeremiah, the prophet, Yirmiyahu 1b. That's the second part of chapter one of Yirmiyahu. In the last chapter, we studied, uh, we, we learned about Yirmiyahu, Jeremiah, learned about who he was, when he lived, when he said his prophecies. Today we are going to study the uh call to prophecy of Jeremiah, the call upon which he received his mission to be a prophet to the people. Um, so we're going to hear yourmo's presumably first time God spoke to him and the what happened and the conversation between the prophet and God regarding his mission. I would like to point out that of the major prophets we have many times, uh, We have, uh, of the other major prophets, we, we see their call to prophecy. And it makes one think a lot about the different circumstances and how that conversation went and what vision did they see and how did they react and how did God respond to their reactions. Here in your so, for example, I mean the most famous, of course, being the call to prophecy of Moshe of Moses in Exodus, chapter, which is fed, to be found in Exodus chapter three, the famous time when of the burning bush. So the first thing is, is that in that particular case, we have a very elaborate story and a vision, that Moshe, that Moshe saw. You know, he saw a burning bush. So he was already being exposed to a to a miraculous sight and to a sight of a lot of drama um god gave him a long speech about what it was that he wanted him to do and 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 moshe argued back and said uh-huh. uh, you know who am i to do this i'm i'm not any uh, you know i don't have the skills i'm i'm not no one's going to listen to me that people don't know who god is what am i going to do what am i going to say and and constantly um uh and and this back and forth where god answers him back and says i'll give you some signs i'll show you what I'll help you speak. I'll, you know, until the end, where God gets angry with him. I'm the one that tells people that make that that gives the power of speech to to the to the mouth and so on. One of the things that we find so so we found a lot of drama there when we were talking about Moshe and Moses and sim, in Yeshayahu in Isaiah chapter six. We find his call call to prophecy, so to speak, where we have a vision there, and we had the vision. Isaiah didn't just see god but he sees god sitting on his lofty throne and we he sees these angels these fiery angels flying above him um speaking words of holiness holy 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 and then um and then isaiah felt so puny felt so small felt so little and felt so impure and felt as as a a person who who, my nation the people of human beings among whom i live are so impure we're so small we're so i don't belong here I'll, I'm just gonna die because I I I'm in a place that's too much for me. You God and the angels are just so much higher. So that, that who am I? And then God sent one of the angels struck him on the mouth with a coal and said, No, you're you're purified now. You have the ability to speak. And then God announces this big question: Who's gonna speak? And Isaiah now with his new charge, with his new knowledge of his his uh, of feeling. Humble, yes, but but not. He didn't feel so um, humiliated among the people that that among the beings. I'm sorry that were so much greater than him. He finally felt that yes, he does have his mouth. He is able to speak. And God said, "Who shall I send?" Isaiah raises his hand and says, "I'll go." Here I am. Send me. Here. So those are two different, very different images between what happened by Moshe's call to, to prayer to to prophecy and Isaiah and Yeshayahu's call to prophecy. Now we're going to learn Yerim Jeremiah's call to prophecy. and There's going to be a lot of differences that, that you're going to notice immediately. The first one is the most obvious, and we're about to start verse 4. And the words of God were to me, saying as follows. This is, this is so simple. There's no drama. There's no fiery angels. There's no God sitting on thrones. There's no, there's no burning bushes. There's no, this is just very, very, very um, personal. Extremely different than what we had in those other two cases, in those other two examples. God spoke to me, and this is what He said. Before I even created you in the womb of your mother, I already knew you. Before you were even conceived, I knew you. I knew who you were. I knew what your what your personality, what your skills are, what your background is. I knew you. And before you were even born, I already set you aside. I already made you holy. I already made you special. Presumably, how is this? First of all, we know, we just studied, that he was born into a family of Kohanim, of priests. And God is saying, that um, I, I, I gave you a, a, so much. Before you were even born, you had so much potential. Before you were even born, you were born to a family of leaders, a family of people that had knowledge, a, 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 a nation that, 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 that had so much potential, a nation that has so much closeness to God. Before I even created you, I set you up for success, is what God is saying. And then he continues, And you, Jeremiah, you, Yirmiyahu, I made you as a prophet for the nations. I made you as someone who's meant, a navi, is someone who's meant to speak, to speak to and influence and bring people back to God. This was something, a mission that I created for you. This right away brings up a, a huge question of, how could this be that God created him to be a prophet? Isn't there such a thing as free choice, free will? Isn't being a prophet something that a person should have to earn, that a person should have to grow into, that a person should have to um, work on himself, to live a righteous person, to make the right choices, to to gain the knowledge necessary, the knowledge of God necessary to become a prophet? Well, and the, the thing is that it's not really a contradiction and the, the famous question of free choice versus God's knowing and God's understanding. Is there predestination? All these, these philosophical questions which we could spend hours and hours discussing. This point here is there's, and we'll see from the context, that there's several reasons why God speaks about how he has known Yirmio. But the first most important thing is, is that, yes, he was given a mission. He was born into a situation to have this mission. That does not in any way, shape, or form negate his choice. His choice of saying to God, yes, or saying to God, no. It certainly doesn't negate his choices that he could have made throughout his life, which would have led possibly in the wrong direction to becoming someone who would not have been worthy of being a prophet, someone who would have spent his time, say, in pursuits that were not so holy or not appropriate. He could have made those decisions. But that still doesn't take away from the fact that God set him up for success. But then again, he could have chosen to go in either direction. So it's not really a contradiction. It's not predestination in the sense that he had to turn out and become the great prophet Jeremiah. But it is predestination in the sense that God set him up with the abilities and the skills and the background and the surroundings and the environment so that he can become the one who we now know as the prophet Jeremiah. And yes, and God did make him that. The other thing we're going to find is is that we find an incredible intimacy here in these words. And that's the intimacy that God has with Yirmiyahu, that he knows him so well. And he wants to convey this to Yirmiyahu and say, I know you well, so trust me. Trust me when I send you on a mission, mission, even if it's scary, even if it's frightening. Even if you're sent, if I'm putting you, it seems like you're going into life-threatening situations. And as we study this book, this will describe the life of Mio and the mission of Mio, That yes, he did have to go into life-threatening situations. And he did suffer terribly. And he had a lot to be afraid of. But God is saying, I know you, and I know you can handle it. And this is tremendous value. And we're about to see this as we study the next few verses as well. But Omar, And what did I say? What did your Mio say? Aha! Whoa! Adonai Elohim, Lord my God. Whoa, wait a minute. I don't know how to speak. I am not a good um, speaker. I don't know. How, I'm not a public speaker. I don't know how to present myself. I'm just a, a young man. I'm just a boy. Nara means a youth. Here, generally understood, it doesn't mean that he actually was a youth. He probably he was not, you know, a... A young man who's probably at least you know 30 40 years old depending on on you know or at least in his 20s but but scenario means i'm immature i'm not i'm not old enough so to speak for that i'm not yet distinguished enough to be a speaker I, i'm not the kind of person you want to send that's we just studied verse six so now we're going on to verse seven and god said to me Tomar don't say that it's not true don't say that you're, that you're too young, or you're too immature, or you don't have the skills. And remember, I know you. I made you the prophet. So don't tell me that you don't have the skills. I know very well that you have the skills and you're capable. And I know that in every mission I send you on, you will go on that mission. And that everything that I command you to speak, to you shall speak. This brings, there's a lot of power in these words. God is saying, number one, I know you, therefore I know that you will do it. He's also saying, I know you, but therefore I know that you can do it. So don't tell me that you're too immature because I know that you can do it. I know that you're capable of doing it. And number three, God is saying, I will be the one commanding you and telling you what to say. So don't be afraid because it's me. It's coming from me. I... I know you well, God says, but it's coming from me. And if we all recognize and realize that our missions in life are coming from God, if we chose and we accomplished and achieved those missions and realized and understood that we're fulfilling His will and we're doing good because He is with us and He is behind us, it would give us so much more confidence and strength to do things, even when they seem scary, even when they seem like things that are gonna bring derision, and, and possibly even violence from other people towards us. But when we know that it's the right thing because we know that God is behind it, we have more strength. And that's what God is telling here to Jeremiah. And therefore, the immediate next words are, after he says this, "Alti verse 8, Do not be afraid from them, from those people that are going to make fun of you, those people that are going to ridicule you, those people that are going to throw things at you, those people that are going to make you suffer. Don't be afraid of them. I will be with you to save you from them, so says God. And then what did God say? He immediately fulfilled his promise. And he said, God sent out his hand hand, and he touched me on the mouth in order to demonstrate it is my words I am putting in your mouth. You are on my mission. Adonai Behold, look, you see. Nosati I have put my words in your mouth. I know you. I know who you are. I know what you're capable of. I know. I. 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 I know everything about you, and I am with you. So be strong. Re See, God says. This is verse ten. If ticha hayom Today I have appointed you. Yes, you did all that work to achieve the potential that you. I gave you. I gave you the potential, you achieved it, and therefore now I'm giving you the mission. And what is that? I'm giving you a mission on all of the nations of the world, and on all of the kingdoms of the world. You are a prophet that we're going to bring them a message. And what is, and this is the summary message of every other message we're going to see in the rest of the book of Jeremiah that goes on for another uh, 52 chapters, Right? What is the summary of the message that you're bringing to the world? The following. Lin, um, I'm sorry, we're into verse 10. Lintosh uh, Vilintots, which means to uproot and to tear down. Liha'avid, to destroy v'laharos, and to crush. Livnos, and to build Vilintoa and to plant. Now what does this mean? Clearly it doesn't mean that Jeremiah is going to go around smashing things and crushing things and then building things and planting things because that was not his job. His job was to be a prophet, right? What it means is you are here to to bring the message of destruction and the message of rebirth, rebuilding, and planting for the future. And this is a very good summary in six words of the entire book of Yermiahu. The entire book of Jeremiah and his entire message, mission. That yes, you are going to bring messages and prophecies of destruction. And you are going to tell people that there will be destruction, there will be suffering, there will be terrible suffering. But you're also going to bring them the message that despite the suffering, and maybe even in many ways because of the suffering, you don't give up, you build, and you plan for the future. You always rebuild. No matter how many times you're knocked down, and that Yirmiyo is giving the message that yes, there is destruction coming, but that's not the purpose. That's not what God wants. What God wants is the end result, which is Livnos to build and Lintoa to plant for the future, to prepare for the future. So I'm going to stop here. This is we just studied the, the Yirmiyo, the Jeremiah's call to prophecy, so to speak. Um, Thank you for studying Jeremiah 1b with me. Looking forward to studying Jeremiah 1c together. Mm